All right, welcome to it, and good evening. Yeah, Skulls here, along with co-founding partner Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Lior Sam Firu is present, reaching out to Lior. I'll give you that information first, how you get a hold of Lior and his team. When we're not doing this show, and that would be one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website built just for you, absolutely free and anonymous. Tons of employment law information on there for you to read and uh, brush up on your knowledge for sure. And also the severance pay calculator is there as well. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But as we roll on, we're going to get to the uh, the discussion of you know terms you should be watching out for in an employment agreement. This is so important, especially now with a lot of people going back to work in what could be a very changed workplace, and this could factor into it uh, as well. But a couple things uh, before that, Lior, situations you've run into in the last week or so. What's going on, pal? Hey, John. Great uh, to be here with the uh, the team on the station to talk about employment law and workplace rights. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of cold out there, so you're probably inside, maybe driving if you Take, take this time to actually improve your knowledge about something as important as employment mm-hmm. law. It impacts you. It impacts all of us. You need to know what your rights are. And if you don't know, if you have questions, maybe it's not, it hasn't been the best week so far because your boss uh, gave you an ultimatum. You have to sign this document or we're changing your job, your hours. Maybe we're laying you off or letting you go completely. Whatever that issue or question, I promise you the law does take care of you. But you need to make the call so you understand what the law is. That's what we do on this show. So we're live right now. I'm live taking your calls and answering your questions. Take advantage of that, guys. Call us right now with those questions. And, of course, if you, like so, so many people, want to connect with me off air, you want to have a private chat beyond what we talk about on the air, easy, easy to do. We'll give you my contact information a number of times this evening so that you can reach out by phone, by email, uh, and we'll have that chat. But let's now start about a couple of situations. First one, John, uh, involves a, a, a termination where the employer did not actually tell the employee he's being terminated. So, you know, with a regular termination, you get a letter saying, we're letting you go, today's your last day, off you go. Well, in this situation, that didn't exactly happen, and that it confused the individual a bit. So this person had worked at a, at a restaurant for a number of years, three, three or so years, uh, he'd always have uh, his schedule every week. He'd find out on the on, on the uh, Thursday or Friday when he's working the following week, and round and round we go, no problem. Well, at one point, uh, a number of months ago, his he he came in and he saw his name was not on the schedule. Uh, I asked his boss, "Well, uh, we're figuring out COVID issues. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out." Uh, restaurant was still open, and. Uh, following week again not on the schedule not on the schedule follows up with his boss doesn't get back to him uh, and that's how he was until eventually he called me and he said well what do I do with this I haven't been put on the schedule I haven't been let go no one's getting back to me what does this mean what do I do well John obviously this is a termination of employment Mm -hmm. the employment relationship is actually quite simple your employer, you, you go to work, your employer gives you work. That's it. If your employer doesn't give you work, doesn't pay you, they've terminated your employment. And they don't get to avoid the consequences of a termination by simply not scheduling you. If your employer stops giving you work, it's exactly, exactly the same as if they've terminated your employment, which means you are owed severance. Same with this person. He absolutely can consider himself to have been terminated. Uh, and he's owed severance. He's probably owed about four months' pay, which I'm going to help him uh, get. 
So a reminder there, if your employer doesn't terminate you but acts as if you no longer work there, yeah, that's a termination every single time, and you're owed your full severance. Paul, thanks for standing by for a few moments. How are you? Hi, guys. Good. How are you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, Good. what's on your mind? Um, I have a question because I don't know the, well, the legal rights to this. We're hearing rumors that we may be going to a three- or a four-day week, um, and that's like a constructive dismissal, is it not? So is the idea that you're going to work three or four days and get paid only for three or four days, or that you're going to work longer days and get paid the same? We're going to get paid only work our normal eight hours for three days or four days. Yes. And what I've heard also a rumor was something about um, you'll get some kind of like unemployment for the Friday, let's say, if we're off right. on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I understand exactly what you mean. So if, in fact, forget about unemployment for a second. If your employer now reduces your pay to the tune of, you know, one day less a week or two days less a week, yeah, that is absolutely a constructive dismissal. It's it's probably the most obvious type of constructive dismissal that you can have. So if that were to happen, uh, obviously your choices, like with every constructive dismissal, is as follows. You can accept it and continue working, and now you're working three or four days. And, of course, keep in mind that if you do that, You've given them the right to do it again and reduce you even more. So that's option number one. Option number two is you can treat it treat it as a constructive dismissal, leave with your severance. If that is what you decide to do, if that were to happen, call me. I'll help you do that. It's not a complicated thing because, as I said, this is a very straightforward constructive dismissal. I have a question also, Lior, as to if I'm, uh, because I work with maintenance on the, on machinery, if I'm put on four days and get unemployment for Friday, that cuts that pay pretty well in half for that Friday. Am I still in a constructive dismissal uh, scenario here? Absolutely. What what uh, income you get from EI doesn't impact your constructive dismissal. Absolutely. It's really only income that's relevant is the income that your employer is paying you. So uh, wh- whatever happens on that fifth day is not going to impact your ability to claim constructive dismissal. What if they come tomorrow? Today's Wednesday. What if they come tomorrow and say, so-and-so, you guys are off on Friday? Do I take that as Friday. I'm going to have to be off because they're telling me not to come in. But what happens the mon- Monday, the week following that? I'm well, the, f- the question is, is it is it just this Friday? It's a one-off thing? Or is it that's it from starting this Friday, you're off every Friday? If that's what they're doing, then you call me and we'll do a little letter of resignation for you if you you decide you want to pursue a constructive dismissal. And we'll get a, go ahead to, to pursue it. Oh, I would because I've got 35, over 35 years into this place. Are you part of a union, by the way? No. Okay. Then, yeah, you're, you could be easily looking at two years' pay. So if that were to happen, Paul, let's kind of bring it uh, back to this. If it happens, if they announce it, call me right away. Paul, appreciate that. And if you haven't got the number, you might uh, have it already. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, uh, Chris, thank you for hanging on. You are next in line. Good evening. Thanks a lot for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. No um, I'm I'm a uh, tradesman. I've been with the company I'm with for about three years now. Uh, we're not unionized. 
my typical hours are uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning till 4 p.m., uh, depending on the job. I work in the town that I reside in. I've been temporarily reassigned um, to a different position. It's in a town about 25 minutes west of where I'm from, and the position itself is not remotely related to what my usual skill set as a tradesman is. I was just wondering, I don't mind taking this position temporarily, but how long until it would be really considered, I guess, a constructive dismissal because it's outside of my normal my normal working? So if it's clear that it's temporary, one of the things you can do is to, to write to your employer, email, text message, whatever you want, but in writing, uh, saying that you know you've assigned me this other job, and my understanding is that it's only temporary, so so I'm only accepting this on a temporary basis, and I expect to be back to my regular job within three months, for example. Uh, and and you can buy yourself time that way. If that, those three months come and come and go, and you're still uh, in that position, yeah, you you'll be able to say constructive dismissal. Because essentially, you, you only agreed to do it for a certain period of time. Right. Uh, so you could do it that way. Uh, and if you do it that way, you can probably buy yourself a good three months. Okay, is three months a standard timeline, or is that sort of up for me to kind of determine what I would be willing to accept in a new role? Yeah, you, you, should, you should determine what you're willing to accept. But if you say, listen, I'm going to do this temporary for two years, well, it's not temporary anymore, right? So it uh-huh. needs to be a short period of time, a few months. That's why I said three months. You know, if you want to go okay. four, sure. I wouldn't go any more than that. Fair enough. You, you could, you so could do less than time. three months, by the way. It, it, it doesn't have to be that much, but it shouldn't be much more than that. That's, that's really the message. Chris, appreciate your time. And with that, we'll take our first break, our, our only break. When we come back, we'll talk about terms to watch out for in that employment agreement. That is on the way. And so is lots more of Employment Law Show right here. Stand by. And welcome back. It is uh, John Scholes, Lior Sanfiru here as well, the co-founding partner, Sanfiru to Market LLP at your service. Uh, Christine, thank you for uh, for taking the time this evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Splendid. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, I um, worked for a bank for 12 years, and I was on short-term disability, just going on to long-term disability. Um and then I got a call from HR telling me that my position was no longer. Um, they gave me a, a severance package of, I think, three weeks for every year. Um, if I wanted to take all the money at once, it would be like $50 or 50000 Or I could take it over a nine-month period, and it would be like 70000 However, if I found a job within that nine months, they would stop paying me. So, Christine, the, the issue here is not the, the condition about finding another job. Over a nine-month period. Oh, uh, can you turn off turn your, your radio down, radio? Christine? Yeah. If you could. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, the, the issue here is the number of months. So, it's it's common to have a condition that says that, uh, you know, if you find another job, we'll, we'll pay you a portion of what's outstanding. The problem in your situation is twofold. Number one is the fact that you're owed more than 36 weeks. You're probably closer to a year, maybe even more. 
if you have a medical issue. Uh, that's number one. Number two is if they're letting you go while you're off on a disability leave, immediately I have alarm bells going on. Potentially this is a human rights issue if you're, if I'm saying if your termination had anything at all to do with your medical condition. So even if it didn't, if it was a legitimate termination, nothing to do, you're probably owed a year's pay, not 36 weeks. Uh, and it, potentially there's more because of this human rights angle. So either way, I hope you did not accept this offer. It's not a good offer, not even close to being a good offer. And I, I want you to connect with me off air so we can talk about what you're actually owed and, and go about getting it to you. Okay. Um, yeah, with regards to human rights, like I wasn't the only one. Like there was 12 of us in that position, so all 12 people. So, so if it's 12 people and you're one of them, then it's probably not a human rights violation. But regardless of that, as I said, you're owed more than 36 weeks. Uh, you know, uh, so you said they offered you three weeks per year, 12 years. You're probably, that's probably, I don't know, about 70 cents of the dollar, maybe 75 on, on a good day. Uh, so uh, you're owed more. And it's not difficult to get that and it's not long or hard. So let's connect and let's let's get you what you're owed. Do not accept uh 36 weeks in this situation. Christine, appreciate the time and the call this evening. Here's how to uh, to reach out now that we're, we're done in this portion. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Any other time, of course, you have pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, free and anonymous. So let's get to this in between the uh, the phone calls. Terms to watch out for in an employment agreement. This is incredibly, incredibly important, all these talking points, Lior. And, um, I mean, we'll just we'll dig right into it. Why should people care about that employment agreement? It's just a, it's just standard stuff, a piece of paper you sign before you start working, looking forward to your new job, right? Yeah, and, you know, when, when people get a new job, uh, obviously they, they look carefully at that employment agreement, the job offer letter, and mm -hmm. you know as well as I do, the very first thing they'll look at is the salary. You yes. They'll the look for that dollar sign and stop on it to make sure that the salary offered is what they expect and what they want. Makes sense. I understand that. Next thing they'll probably look at is a number of weeks vacation, right? It's like, okay, well, I really wanted four weeks vacation. Did they give me four weeks vacation? They may look at other things such as, you know, bonus, for example, uh, hours of work, of course, all those things. And if there's check marks next to all of these things, yeah, the bonus is fine. The salary is fine. Vacation is fine. People are going to be happy to sign, not giving a second thought to what else is in that agreement mm -hmm. and whether that is problematic. Well, I'm here to tell you, be very careful. Th those other things that you're not even looking at are potentially as or more important than whether your salary is 60 or 65,000 and whether you're getting three or four weeks vacation. An employment agreement is one of the most important documents you'll ever sign. Uh, we have tremendous employment laws in Ontario. We really have really good employment laws. But our employment laws also say that you have a right to give up your rights. You can give them up. And oftentimes you can give up rights you didn't even know you had. And you can give them up in an employment agreement. So be very careful with that agreement. A bad agreement can haunt you, can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So for an employee, you are better off not having an agreement. You are better off starting a job on a handshake, something on the back of a napkin with a one-paragraph email. That is much, much, much better than having a 10-page document. So be very careful and pay close attention to that employment agreement.
So what, in your estimation, what is the most important term in that employment agreement? Well, in my humble opinion, uh, the most important term that you really want to watch out for is what I call the termination clause. So it kind of seems strange to think, well, I'm getting a new job. This is a new job offer. I'm excited to start. So you're telling me I should look at what happens on termination? Yes, absolutely. So an employment agreement sometimes, often these days, will have a term that says what your employer is going to have to pay you if they ever let you go. Now, usually, almost always, if your agreement addresses the issue of termination, it's to try to limit your entitlements. So if your agreement talks about termination, it's because your employer is trying to put a a term there that allows them to save money down the road. So an employment agreement can limit you to your absolute minimum entitlements, and that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands even. It could be the difference between getting eight weeks severance and getting two years severance. So that's why it's important. It's literally where the money is. So you want to be very careful. Is there a term there that limits your severance entitlements? If there is, oftentimes we can negotiate that out there. It absolutely, if you just sign it, at some point it's going to cost you a tremendous amount of money. 416-870-6400. Questions about that or anything else? You still have time. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. We're talking about that, how important that employment agreement is. What are the uh, what are the other important terms to watch out for in that agreement if uh, if you're going well thinking about signing one anyway? So we talked about the termination clause. So that's one. The other terms, for example, is is there anything in the employment agreement that allows your employer to change your job or change your compensation? So you negotiated a salary of 65000 you negotiated to be uh, in the this role, but the agreement also has a term that says we have a right to change your pay and to change your job. So essentially you're agreeing to take a job where the employer pays you whatever they want and gives you whatever job they want. That's what you're agreeing to. So, so do not ever agree to an agreement that says we have the discretion to change your job and change your pay. Other things to look for is a non-competition agreement. Now, that may or may not be enforceable, but it's always a problem if you sign a non-competition term because it could cause you problems uh, later on. Uh, Another uh, potential problematic uh, uh, term may be temporary layoffs. An employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff unless you sign an employment agreement that gives them that power. So those are just a few examples of those terms that you have to watch out for beyond just how much salary and how many weeks vacations you get. So in the scenario where you're starting this new job, you've got this employment agreement, it all looks it looks okay. You know, you've, you've gone through the, the points we've been talking about. It looks okay. You sign off on it. It goes away. You never see it again. Can your employer just change the employment agreement after you start working? Well, no. Generally speaking, an employer doesn't have a right to change the terms of your employment. So your employer can't change your job, can't change your compensation, can't change your hours of work, etc. But they can do that if your employment agreement gives them that power. So if you signed 10 years ago an employment agreement that says they have that discretion, then they can. And if they want to change you from full-time to part-time, they can do that if that's what the agreement said. If it's not, or you didn't sign an agreement that, that says that, or, or didn't at all, if your employer wants to impose significant changes, that's a constructive dismissal. They can't just do that. You have rights if that happens. That's why it's so important to understand what you're signing 
And that's why if you you call me and you say, you know, my employer is doing something to me, one of the first questions I'm going to ask you is, do you have a copy of your employment agreement? Because what I'm trying to see is whether the thing that you're complaining about is something that your employer explicitly put in their employment agreement. uh, And is because of that, that would mean that they're allowed to do it. You know, it's interesting for old dogs like us who have uh, been through a few jobs, had a few employment agreements. We, you know, we know how to put the brakes on it just to have a second look at it. But you say you're in a, in a situation, especially if you're new to the workforce, you've just received this job offer letter, you're excited, you're ready to go. But now what do you do? So, first of all, uh, always take the time to review the employment agreement. And you can negotiate these terms. The best thing uh, I'm going to tell you in terms of negotiating is, first of all, understand what you need to negotiate. So you want to take, you you don't want to have a list of more than two or three things to go back to your employer with. If you're going to have a a list of, you know, 15 things, you're going to send a message you don't really want the job. So not a good idea. So two, three, maybe four if you're really feeling uh, generous. But beyond that, that's it. So once you have that list, you address them with your employer and you don't go in there making demands and putting your foot down and, and being aggressive. I would approach the employer by saying, employer, I, I read the, the offer. I'm excited to start. I think I can really hit this out of the park. I had a couple of concerns I wanted to raise. You do it that way. The worst thing that can happen is your employer is going to say no. But you'd be surprised how many times you can get them to change those terms, termination clause. Uh, the one that that gives them the power to lay you off temporarily, etc. So you may need my help to understand what you need to negotiate. Happy to do that. And if you follow that advice, many cases, you'd be surprised how uh, amenable an employer is to negotiating. To reach out through email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. As we continue our uh, discussion, how important that employment agreement is. Um, how does an employee negotiate terms of that contract? I mean, it, it, would you have more legs to stand on if you're, say, the person who's been one, two, three interv- interviews deep and, like, you're the guy that they want? Does that give you a little more uh, gravitas to, uh, to negotiate those terms? So a lot of times when I talk about negotiating, an employee is going to say to me, well, I don't have any leverage. Right. The employer yeah. has the job. I want the job. Yeah. So what leverage do I have? Well, look at it from a different perspective, especially these days. It's difficult to find the right person. Oftentimes, your employer is going to go through several rounds of interviews and reference checks uh, and, and uh, talking to recruiters. And they go through a long process that takes time, costs money, and, and it's exhausting. So they do all that process. And after the end of that process, Thank God we found our, our candidate. They found you. You're the right candidate for the job. Well, now you have leverage. Your employer has something that you want yourself, so that, that they want. So you have something that they want, your ability to do the job. So you can use that leverage, if you do it smartly, to negotiate terms. So don't assume that just because you want the job, you don't have leverage. You actually do. Let's get to a uh, call in between those talking points, Lior. That would be uh, Mike. Hi, Mike. Good evening. Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, just curious to know when we're talking about employment agreements and everything. A lot of times, uh, you'll see, I'll, I'll see, I'll through an agreement uh, subject to change at any time. And I was just curious: are there any lines or boundaries that they have to follow with that, especially when it comes to something like hours of, or pay or anything, or is it just because they put? subject to change at any time it's pretty much a free-for-all they can do whatever they want whenever they want with whatever that clause is now 
So if, if it says, you know, your hours are 9 to 5, but subject to change at our discretion, that gives them the power to change your hours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in, anytime they, they have, they, they contract for the right to make changes, then they have that right. So I would be very weary about those situations, and I would not agree to just take a job that says my hours, my pay, uh, my responsibilities are all subject to change at my employer's unilateral discretion. That is a huge problem, and it gives your employer powers that they really shouldn't have. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's something you you need to be concerned about. Okay, can I can I get one more one more from you, very quickly? Yeah, man. Um, I work for a union shop, but if if I don't like um. If I have a, a disagreement or something and uh, I don't like the way they're fighting for me, could I come to your office with my collective agreement and pay you to fight for me? Never. No. Unfortunately, okay. it has to be the union. And, and by the way, everything you've heard me say tonight only applies to non-union employees. None of that applies to, to unionized employees. Unionized employees have a collective agreement that they have no role in negotiating, that the union negotiates and whatever the union says and negotiates is what applies. So a very important thing to remember is that a lawyer can never, ever represent a unionized employee. It has to be the union. And everything you heard me say about employment agreements only applies to non-union uh, employees. A union employee doesn't have an employment agreement. They have a collective agreement. Good, uh, a couple of good questions from Mike, though. And, you know, that thing that's subject to change, you know, at the bottom of the employment agreement, is that something you can also try to, or you should negotiate out of there? It's a big absolutely. one, but can you do it? Yeah. You absolutely can. You absolutely should. Anytime that, you know, you, you negotiate. So, so it can be kind of a, a, a really unfair way of doing things. So let's say you, you uh, your employer offered fifty thousand for the salary, and you you wanted uh, seventy thousand. Back and forth, and negotiated. Finally, you agreed to sixty thousand. So huh. you agreed to take that that let take less money. You negotiated, and yes, sure enough, the employment agreement says sixty thousand dollars salary. But then it says we have a right to change that. This is subject to change at our discretion. So w what have you done there? You've essentially agreed for them to pay whatever they want. So if the next day they say, yeah, you know, you know how this says subject to change? We decided to change it to 40000 Damn it. You, you won't be able to do anything about it. Yeah. And, you, and you thought you negotiated 60000 you agreed to compromise. So be very careful. That is absolutely something that an employer can do and often does do. Now, if we flip it around from the employer's perspective, what's the most important thing for the employer to do with respect to that contract? Well, you know, I just said that for employees, you don't want a contract. You want to run far away from it. You want to have that handshake deal. Well, the exact opposite, exact opposite applies for employers. Employers want to have this 10-page contract with a lot of details and a lot of uh, flexibility given to the employer. So employers absolutely want that. And for an employer, it's important to give yourself as much flexibility as possible, but it's also important to have the darn thing drafted properly. Don't mm. go to Google and, you know, Google employment agreement and hope that the document that you find is going to be appropriate. Nonsense. It's not going to be appropriate. Have it drafted properly. Make sure that you give an employee time to review it and consider it. If you're, you have an existing employee and you want them to sign a new employment agreement, offer them something in return. Be smart about it. And in that regard, for employees and employers reaching out to Lior with all these talking points and questions, uh, 1-855-821-5900. Also, the option of pocket employment lawyer. 
Richard.ca. Uh, Let's get on to an email here. Richard, again, it's helpandemploymentlawyer.ca. Richard says, um, I've been employed for the last three years through an agency. The agency is the one that pays me. They just told me that there is no more work for me, but did not say anything about severance. Am I entitled to that? Absolutely. And, and this is yeah. certainly something that I've seen many times over the years. You work through an agency. Well, first of all, uh, the law may consider you to be an employee of the actual company that you provide services to uh, rather than the agency because the agency doesn't do anything other than cut you a check. And they're not even paying you f- with their own money. They get, they get the money from the company. Uh, but either way, regardless of who your employer is, you are owed severance. You can't have a job, lose that job, and not get severance. Okay, it's, it's that simple. So people always worry about, well, does this apply to uh, employees through an agency? Does it apply to part-time employees? Does it apply to seasonal employees? Yes, it applies to everyone. If you had a job and you lost that job, yeah. you are owed severance, unless, of course, you lost it because you did something horrible. You, you stole, you hit somebody, you, somebody, you're involved in sexual assault, your performance was uh, terrible. But other than that, yeah, even in a, in a temp agency situation, absolutely, severance is owed, and it could be as much as six months' pay even after three years of employment. Get to uh, James here. James uh, says, hey, Leor, just started back at work last week on modified duties after being on disability for a few months. At the end of the week, the company let me go. They gave me no reason. They offered me. Uh, they offered my 52 weeks pay after 23 years of employment as a production manager. I'm 62. What are my rights? Is that fair? Well, it's not fair. First of all, he's probably owed double that in terms no. of severance, so he probably is closer to the 24 month mark. But there's another issue here. If he was off on a disability, he finally came back, and then he's let go. Well, it looks like certainly that he's being let go because of the fact that he was off on a disability. Maybe his employer was worried that he'll go off again, and they said, let's just get rid of him. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. Now, I'm not saying that's what actually happened here. I would need more information. It could be a coincidence. But it certainly looks bad. So before we even talk about severance, I would want to understand why he was being let go. What did he do? Uh, Or what what reason was given to him? It could be a human rights violation, but even if it's not, yeah, 52 weeks or 12 months, it's not close. He's owed twice that, so he needs to connect with me uh, and, and have a chat so we can get him what he's owed. James, thanks for the note. Again, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And spend some time even before the phone call, James. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and uh, search out the severance pay calculator and run your situation through that. You'll get a, uh, get a similar answer for sure. Uh, Jill, Jill's up next, says, my employer let me go. I tried to negotiate my severance with them, and they said that this is their policy, not to pay any more, and they won't change it. Is there a point in having Lior, you, Lior, review my severance letter? Well, the good news is that your employer doesn't decide how much you get. Right. I don't decide how much you get. The law does that for us. So because of that, if you're legally owed more, I don't care what your employer's policy is. I don't care about anyone's policy. You're going to get more. It's like you saying to your employer, employer, I, my, my own personal policy is that you have to pay me six years severance or write the check, please. That's silly, right? Because your employer is not going to do that because they don't have to. By the same token, you don't have to accept what your employer offers because the law makes that determination. So yes, absolutely, you should connect with me. Let me do what I do. If you are owed more, you're going to get more regardless of what your employer wants, thinks, or plans on doing. 
I bet you that's a very very common thing when you uh, when you get people that have been let go and the employer says, no, no, that's all you get. We're not paying you more. We're digging our heels in. You got no choice. Probably hear that all the time. All the time. And people are also telling me, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you seem very confident, but I know <laughs> these guys. They're not going to pay more. And guess what? Of course they pay more. It's not even a yeah. question. So don't worry about that. We're going to get you what you're owed because the law has all kinds of mechanisms to force your employer to pay it. And as soon as your employer gets legal advice, they'll be told the same thing. They'll pay what they owe, and you can move on and hopefully find a, a different job. As we are going to now as well, back here on the weekend. In the meantime, reaching out to Lior and his team, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. How about that? one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is that email address that we just used and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. On point, coming back, Alex Pearson returns here on Global News Radio.